to the Steve Poos Benson Podcast. I am Steve. I'm the host of this podcast. It is great to come to here today. Thank you for tuning in so we can spend some time together. This is episode 13. Episode 13 is the death coach on death, dying, reincarnation, or resurrection. I am your death coach. You know, I always like to say, if you got to die, I'm your guy. I'm sitting here in my office in my comfortable easy chair, I got my laptop, my Mac, uh, my MacBook on my lap, and I've got my low-tech snowball microphone in front of me. And I just want to sit back for about the next 30 minutes and talk to you about death, dying, and reincarnation. What do you believe about reincarnation? You know, first of all, I'm pretty new to podcasting. This is only my 13th time doing this, and so. I appreciate all your patience with me as I uh, learn all the different technology and all the splicing that I need to do. You wouldn't believe this is my fifth time trying to record this podcast. I get to the end of it and I find so many mistakes. It's like, oh my gosh, am I going to ever get this one right? But it's something I've really been wanting to talk about for the past month or so. So I thought I would uh, give it one more try. Number five has got to be the right one. I've been doing this now for several hours. I want to get this done. I want to get it out to you. But I want to pick up where I left off last week as far as uh, being a death coach. You know, I consider myself a death coach. As I said, if I, you got to die, I'm your guy. I can talk with people about all different aspects of death and dying. I can talk with you about if you've had a bad diagnosis and a bad prognosis and someone's only given you, you know, six months left to live, then I can talk to you. I can talk to you about what's going to happen to you over the next several months. We can talk about your feelings, your thoughts, your fears about death and dying. You know, I can, my goal is to bring you to a place of peace and equanimity. So at the time of your death, you are not afraid to let go to experience whatever it is that happens next. My goal is to bring you a sense of peace and equanimity. And I believe you do this by doing two things. The first of all is you do this by living a great full life, as I shared last week. A life full of joy, a life full of meaning, a life full of hope. So that when you get to the time of your life, you can look time of your death, you can look back and you can say, I lived a great life. That's the first thing you need to do. The second thing you need to do is you need to figure out what happens to you after you die. What happens? Are you just going to die? You're going to have face that long dirt nap, or is there something else that's going to happen to you? I believe you need to pay attention to that and you need to get to the place in your life where you have figured out what happens to you after you die. And so let's let's take some time during this podcast and let's explore all the different thoughts and ideas about what happens to you after you die. You know, before we talk about heaven and reincarnation or resurrection, we need to talk about the soul. Both heaven and reincarnation reflect that there's a concept of something that we call a soul, something that connects us to the divine, that travels with us, that at the time of death is released to what happens next. You know, if you don't believe in a soul, um, then what you're looking at is after your death is the long dirt nap. You're going to be pushing up grass. And if that brings you peace, then you know what? God bless you. If you, that, if you just think that it's a long dirt nap, it was this life period, then God bless you. However, if you believe in a soul, then you need to reflect on what happens to you after you die. What happens to that soul? Does that soul go to heaven? 
Does that soul reincarnate? Does the soul transmigrate into something next? You need to figure out what happens to that soul because if you will, if you can, that brings you a sense of peace at the time of the death, time of your death. Now, what's interesting, all the world religions in some way, shape, or form deal with the notion of the soul and what happens to you after you die. And while I don't pretend to be an expert on all the world religions, I want to explore the different teachings they have on life after death. Let me give you, I want to give you a thumbnail sketch on what the different worldviews might be about the soul, what happens to you after you die. First of all, let's define a couple terms. You need to know transmigration of the soul and reincarnation of the soul. Transmigration. The soul of the individual stays intact after it dies. What makes you you stays together. It's connected to your soul, and after you die, that soul is released and experiences what happens next. In reincarnation, the soul disperses after death and is reconstituted into something next. Let's look at how this integrated, let's look at how this concept of, is integrated into the different world religions. All right. The world religions are divided into two basic schools of thought. There's the linear view and the cyclical view. Uh, in the linear view, your soul is entered into the world, it lives, it dies, and then it goes on to heaven. The cyclical worldview is that it is transmigrated, your soul transmigrates or is reincarnated into a different life form. Let's look first at the linear life forms, the Abrahamic religions, the Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. They are represent basically the linear view of life, that you, your soul begins, it lives, and then it dies. Judaism. You know, what I learned about Judaism and the, and the journey of the soul comes from my father-in-law, who was an Orthodox Jew. And we sat many times and talked about the soul, uh, especially as he faced his own death because of his cancer. He said that he was raised without ever being taught about a soul. He believed that he was taught that when you died, when you passed away, that that was it, you were gone, you died. If you lived on, you lived on in the traditions and the lineage of your family. However, as he approached his own death, he began to wonder about this. You know, I found several books written by Jewish authors who believed in the soul, believed that there was a soul, and that at the time of death, something happened to it. It moved on. It was either reincarnated and went to heaven, and he was shocked to learn this, or that it was reincarnated into another life form and began another life journey. And this uh, came from more, more of the mystical end of Jude Judaism. And so it's important to know within Judaism, there is both perspectives. My uh, father-in-law, at the time of his death, came to embrace the notion of a soul and came to embrace the notion that his soul went on to something next. He hoped that it was heaven, but he was good if it reincarnated into another life form. So I thought it was fun within Judaism. There's this vast perspective as well. So that's Judaism. Christianity, a thumbnail sketch of, sketch of Christianity. Christianity is very, very linear. Your soul is pre-existent with God. At the time of your conception, your soul is slipped into your body. And then when you are born and, and your body begins to live, your soul travels with you. However, there is something wrong with your soul. Your soul is flawed. Because of the sins in your life, your soul needs to be saved. And your soul is saved in Christianity by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, accepting that Jesus died for your sins. 
His blood on the cross purifies your soul. And at the time of your death, you are judged and you enter into heaven. You enter into your soul is resurrected. The key is you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you don't accept Jesus at the time of your death, your soul is judged and it is damned to hell for all eternity. This is why it's so important for Christians to try to save your soul because they want you in this one linear lifetime to go to heaven. Your soul stays intact and goes to heaven. You know, the Bible seems to reflect this linear notion. There is the beginning in Genesis, then there are the stories of the Hebrew people, there's the wisdom writings and the prophets. Then in the latter third of the Bible, Jesus is presented in the Gospels, and he's presented as being the summa of God, the living embodiment of God. His teachings reflect the teachings of God, and that his teachings need to be embraced. And the, uh, the letters of the Bible, Paul and the other authors, they also point to Jesus as being that which we need to accept to save us from our sins. Then in Revelation, the end of the Bible, it reflects a sense of, die, a sense of death, a sense of judgment. And then from that judgment, you either go to heaven or to hell. And, uh, and that's kind of it. That's a linear view of the Bible, a thumbnail sketch of the Bible. The questions that I have as a Christian is what do you do if you don't believe in hell? What do you do if you don't believe in a judgment by God? What if you do? What do you do if you don't believe that Jesus died for your sins? As I shared in an earlier podcast, you know, is there room in Christianity for people who believe in reincarnation, that the transmigration of the soul into something next? See, I believe that these are good questions, and I hope to address these questions for you by the end of the podcast. Uh, the next Abrahamic religion that's very linear is Islam. Very linear. Very linear. You're born. Your soul enters into your body. You have this one lifetime. Your soul is also flawed in some way needs to be saved. Your soul is saved by following the teachings of Muhammad as embodied in the Quran. If you've lived the teachings of the Quran, when you die, your soul is judged and you enter into paradise. If you haven't followed the teachings of the Quran, your soul is judged and you enter into hell for all eternity. Again, a very thumbnail sketch, but that's kind of it. Your soul is uh, matured through the Quran when you die. Heaven, paradise, or hell, based upon how you, how you live. Those are the linear views. Now let's look at the cyclical views. The cyclical views um, are transmigration and reincarnation. With the cyclical view, after your soul, after you die, I've got to get this straight in my own head. After you die, your soul stays intact and transmigrates to something new, or it disperses and is reconstituted into something new altogether. Let's look at these. Hinduism, Buddhism, pagan, and the metaphysical school. Let's, uh, get, let me give you a thumbnail sketch of all of these. First of all, Hinduism. The basic concept of Hinduism is that uh, instead of a body having a soul, the soul has a body. As a soul lives through a body, it acts and lives and learns, hopefully maturing the soul. When a person dies, their soul, depending upon the person and how they live, enters into another higher body, body, uh, body life form, like a Brahmin is the highest life form that a soul contains before it enters into nirvana. The goal of a Hindu soul is to never have to be reincarnated again. 
that it comes to a place of full maturity and from there lives into, enters into nirvana, into the essence and the being and the place with the God, the places with the God. So this is why Hinduism is very focused on living an ethical life. Your life actions determine the direction of your soul after you die. You either, either enter into a higher level of life or you repeat your current status and live again, working to mature your soul. A thumbnail sketch of Hinduism. A thumbnail sketch of Buddhism. You know, Buddhism is uh, very interesting, and it took me a long time to understand uh, the Buddhist concept of the, uh, of the afterlife. I had a Buddhist teacher who sat with me over several cups of coffee and several t- conversations, helping me understand the Buddhist concept of the afterlife. So, so in Buddhism, there is no concept of a soul that we might have in Christianity. Instead of a soul, there is the pure essence of a human being. And just because, but just because there's no soul doesn't mean that the long dirt nap, the long dirt nap <laughs> awaits you. Instead, when you die, your essence is released into the river of karma and then is re-embodied into another life form. The key concept of, is karma, the law of cause and effect. How you live, there is a cause that has the effect of your essence. There is a positive cause to your life that matures not only you, but your essence and all of creation. When a person dies, it's not just that one essence that is matured, but all of the beings in the great cosmic river of karma that we participate in, all of the karmic river matures, and that your lifetime, your essence, is a part of that great maturation. Your soul doesn't stay intact, it doesn't transmigrate, but it disperses into something new. Uh, what my Buddhist teacher taught me, it's like the using the metaphor of a river and that your life is a bubble that is living along, traveling along in the river and that it, it moves in the river until something happens and the bubble is burst. It might hit a, a rock in the bottom of the riverbed. It might hit a stick from that is, um, that is in the river from the riverbank, but something bursts that bubble. That is the time of death. And it enters into, emerges into the great river of life, but it is not lost. It is in that great river of life. Then suddenly as the river continues to move, a new bubble emerges that is a part of all the other aspects of the river. It is part of a new human, part of a new animal, part of a new plant life, that every sentient being comes together to form a new bubble, and that is a new life form that lives until that bubble pops and enters back into the river. All of that great river of karma matures and matures until it comes to a place of nirvana where all the sentient beings enter into the highest life form. It's kind of confusing, but that's a thumbnail sketch of Buddhism. Let's look at another cyclical worldview of the soul, and that's paganism. I love paganism. Paganism, it has its root deep into the Celtic roots of Europe, Uh, As old as it is, paganism is alive and well in our current society. Personally, I love the pagan worldview. A lot of my Christian worldview um, kind of delves and dives in with the pagan uh, pagan worldview of of the world. Um, The key thing to understand about paganism is that there is no delineation between things holy and things not holy. For pagans, all of life is holy. All of life is sacred. All humans, all plants, all animals, all insects, all fish, all are holy and sacred. 
Um, all of these beings have a soul. Um, at the time of the death of the animal, the time of the death of the human, that soul is released. But it stays together. It transmigrates into something next. Since all of life is holy, there's no concept of a higher and a lower life form. There's no punishment. If you're reconstituted, you're transmigrated into a bug because a bug is just as holy as a, as a leopard or a lion. Um, all beings are holy, and you might re be reincarnated into a plant, an animal. And animals have souls in the pagan concept. I love this fact that animals have souls. As an animal lover, I strongly believe that animals have souls, just as human beings have souls. You know, I believe that dogs have souls. Uh, horses have souls. That's why I love being around horses. Horses are such a huge physical presence. They have such a huge soul presence. So that's what I love about paganism is that all of creation has a soul. And when you die, your soul is recycled. It is, uh, there's a great circle, a cyclical worldview that your soul enters back into once again into another life form. And it might do this uh, for thousands and thousands of life cycles because all of the world is sacred. All of the cosmos is sacred. There's no sense of having to separate from the natural world to enter into a time of heaven. World, the world itself, the natural world itself, is its own heaven. And by transmigrating through it, by cycling through it, you're participating in the eternal life of all of the nature. You know, the last religious uh, worldview I want to discuss is what I call the metaphysical view of reality, the metaphysical school. Uh, I've had several conversations with a mentor of mine to help me understand this cyclical concept of the soul. If this is new to you, what I'm going to talk about I encourage you to read a book called Many Lives, Many Masters. The book does a great job of detailing the things that I'm going to be talking about. Now, the key to understand in the metaphysical worldview is that the soul stays intact. The soul transmigrates from body to body. Within each new lifetime, a soul learns and matures and it encounters new life lessons. When the soul dies, it goes to that which is next. But let me back up. First of all, so it transmigrates from, from uh, body to body, from life to life. When a soul first, in this worldview, when a soul first enters into the earthly realm, it is not a part of a human body, but it's part of a natural body, like a mountain range, an ocean, a stand of aspens. And after many lifetimes, maybe even after many eons, that soul is mature to the point where it can enter into a human body and it begins the body-soul journey together. So it is now living in a soul and the soul is now living in a body. And the soul might uh, cycle through a, a body or different bodies as many as 400 to 500 to 1,000 different times as the soul is learning and maturing. So the soul travels with the body in this, life, in this uh, school of thought. Then at the time of death, the soul is released. It stays intact and moves on to what happens next. What happens next is oftentimes confusing for people. I find it very intriguing. The soul goes to a resting place where it rests with other souls. As it rests, it rejuvenates, it refreshes itself. It meets with an oversoul, kind of a guardian angel that has been watching over the soul through its entire life journey. And it sits and talks with the soul about the lessons that it learned, the lessons that it failed to learn. 
It talks with the soul about lessons that it still needs to learn to, uh, to mature that soul. And so together, the oversoul, the guardian angel, and the soul talk about what are the next lifetimes that it, need to, it needs to engage. And thinks about what are the next life lessons that the soul needs to mature. And they actually choose a body that the soul needs to enter into to, uh, to live and to mature it. It, talks, it travels with other souls, the souls that are resting together. It travels, they travel together, and oftentimes the different souls enter into new lifetimes together so that these souls can travel and learn together. This is where we get the concept of a soul mate. Uh, a soul mate is somebody that has been traveling together with a soul, like my wife and I consider ourselves to be soul mates. We've traveled together through many past lifetimes. We've been each other's uh, husband and wife. We've been each other's parent. We've been each siblings. We've been each other's best friends. All through these different lifetimes, our souls have traveled together, and now we are traveling together as husband and wife. You know, from this uh, worldview, we get the whole notion of a young soul and an old soul. You know, when you've met someone who is just wise beyond their years and you think, you know, where did they get their wisdom? We call them an old soul. They're an old soul because they've been around. They've, uh, they've been through several different lifetimes. They have learned many different things. Their soul has matured to the point where they are, might be at the end of their soul journey before they enter into the realm of the gods. So that is the purpose of the metaphysical school is to move you to a place of moving into the realm with the gods. And so that's where we get an old soul. Like also we get the notion of a young soul. When you've, you surely have met people that they just make profound, stupid life mistakes. And you wonder how they can be so dull. How can they just miss the mark so profoundly with their life? It's because they're a young soul. They haven't been around enough to learn the different life lessons that their soul needs to engage in to mature. So they, they're a young soul. So that's the metaphysical view of the soul. So look, we've covered the linear views, Christianity, Judaism, Islam. We've covered the cyclical views, Hinduism, uh, Buddhism, the pagan worldview, and the metaphysical school. Now, there are many other world religions. And again, the fascinating thing is that they all have something to do with the notion of the soul and what happens to us after we die. So who, who am I? What do I believe in? So I'm a Christian. Um, I'm a Christian who believes in reincarnation. I believe in God. I believe that Jesus was the cosmic presence of God. I believe that Jesus was God's fractal, God's punctiform, two, uh, two words that are very important to me, God's fractal and God's punctiform. I believe that Jesus, as he taught, reflected the great ethical teachings of God that God wants us to learn and embrace in our own life. However, I don't believe my soul is flawed. I don't believe that my soul is lost. I don't believe my soul needs to be saved. Because if it's saved, if it's lost and it's broken, what does that say about a God who would give us a very perfect soul enter into our body? And just because it enters into our body, it is somehow flawed? You know, the thinking never made sense to me. That's why I never believe that Jesus needs to die to save my soul from my sins. No, I believe that my soul is good, it's whole, it's intact, because that's the way God made it. And so that when I die, that soul doesn't need to be judged by what I have done or what I have not done in my lifetime. My soul is embraced by God. 
And if it's linear, if it means that I, my soul just enters into heaven and that's paradise and I'm joined with my family and my friends and my animals, everything that has brought meaning to me in my life, then I'm good with that. But I don't believe that a soul is judged and goes to hell. I don't believe how evil somebody was in their past life that uh, I believe all human beings are taken to God. And that's going to be an interesting podcast is how can evil people be saved uh, just as long as good people as well as good people? That would be a fascinating podcast to deal with because I believe even the Hitlers of the world are saved and are embraced by God and enter into heaven. So I'm a Christian but I do not believe, but personally, I do not believe in a linear life. I believe in a cyclical life. I believe that we are, uh, we go round and round. I believe in reincarnation. Like a Hindu, I believe that our soul has a body and that the body is here to teach the soul. I differ with uh, Buddhists because I believe that the soul stays intact. I don't believe that the soul disperses at the time of death. I also believe, unlike Buddhists, that, that there is a soul and the soul um the soul matures. But I do agree with Buddhism that you need to focus on the ethics of compassion and love and gentleness and kindness, and that in the way that we treat one another, that it matures the soul that is traveling with my body. I'm very pagan in my worldview. I'm very pagan. I believe in the natural order. I believe that all of life is sacred. I believe that all beings have souls, that animals have souls, that uh, my horses have souls, my dogs have souls, my cats have souls, wild animals have souls, and I have no problem at all uh, viewing that when I die that my soul is going to transmigrate into something else, transmigrate into an animal, into a plant, into an insect, into a fish, into a mountain range. I have no problem with that. And if that's what paradise is, then I am good with that. If that's what the cycle of life is over and over again, being reincarnated into another uh, life form, a natural life form, then I'm good with that. However, I'm also very metaphysical. Um, I'm very metaphysical in my worldview. I believe that the soul, again, the body, the soul doesn't have a body, or the body doesn't have a soul, the soul has a body, and that the body lives to teach that soul. But I my key concept is I believe in um, in soulmates, like my wife is a soulmate. We were talking the other night about how we felt as though that our souls were destined to be together, that uh, through the life decisions that we made, that it, it led us to go to the same college, that we met each other, and our, as soon as we met, our souls resonated with one another. There's this deep resonance that we felt that completed each of us, and there was a sense of soulmate. I feel that same a resonance with my kids and with my family, my extended family. I feel this deep resonance with my wife's uh, parents and with uh, with her siblings, this deep, profound resonance of a soulmate. I believe in old souls and young souls. For me, that answers so many different questions. And so for me, if paradise is being transmigrated from one body to another body to learn new life lessons, then I, f I find a lot of uh, peace in that. It helps me think that the, that the, the accidents that I've had to endure are part of that maturation of the soul. I think my career choice, becoming a minister, was part of the maturation of my soul. I believe that my death and what's going to happen to me, the illnesses and the accidents and my death will be part of the maturation of my soul, that all of life has meaning as it, as it matures my soul. So I'm very metaphysical in my, in my worldview. 
But what about you? This podcast is for you to get you thinking about your life, your living, your death, and your dying. You know, for me, as I said, as a death coach, I want you to focus on your life. I want you to focus on how you're living. But as a death coach, I also want you to think about your death and dying. Because notice that each one of these schools of thought, as they relate to the soul and the afterlife, deal with your life and your living now. And you have to focus on, if you're a Christian and you believe that Jesus needs to die for your sins, then you know what? You need to accept that. You need to embrace that in your life and living. If you're Jewish and you need believe that there's an afterlife, there's a soul, then you need to get on board with that and learn what your soul needs to do to enter into the next life form. If you're a Muslim, then you need to study the Quran and follow the teachings of Muhammad because how you live life now affects your afterlife. If you're a person who believes in the cyclical worldview, notice each one of these cycles focus on how you're living your life, that your life has a direct effect on the soul Um, that is living right now. So you need to pay attention to joy, happiness, hope, meaning, ethics, because each one of these different things matures yourself to bring you to the next higher level of reality. It is about how you live. How you die is affected by how you live. That's your death coach lesson for today. Man, I think I finally did this on the fifth take of this podcast. Unbelievable. So I hope you have a great life. I hope you have a great living. I hope you have a great death. How about that? I want you to have a great death, a death where you find a tremendous amount of peace and maybe even joy at the time of your death and dying. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. I hope to have an episode ready for you next week. I interviewed Judy Buer today about her battle with cancer and how she finds a tremendous amounts of joy in the middle of her life. And she said that, she, that uh, her cancer has taught her many wonderful gifts. But So hopefully that's next week. Take care. We'll see you.